only about we If you put a limit on your love, then count me Girl, I know my selfish ways be OD But I just express in ways you don't see Yeah, yeah, and you should know that I'm about you If this ain't the way to love, then show me how to Cause I'm not afraid of Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching this. It would mean a lot. But here's where we'll start. If there was ever a week in the NFL or if there was ever a week in sports that would let you know that we are still in a pandemic, it was this week, man. Look. We are still in a pandemic, people. I know that a lot of places are fully open. I know that we've been kind of going by a, a whole bunch of vaccines or here and in the boosters. I get that. But we are still in a pandemic. And I say all that to say, please just be careful what you're doing. Definitely. I mean, even people that get have the vaccines or have the boosters, please get, you know, keep your mask. Be, be safe. And I start I start this show with that because I mean sports are getting hit left and right again. It's starting to it's starting to mirror what it was, you know, early 2000 or late 2019, early 2020 uh with the whole pandemic and the in in sports stopping. I mean, we remember the whole stoppage in fact, almost every sport stopped. So you can name it, man. M- uh, NHL, NBA, NFL, they're all getting hit. And let's focus on the NFL right quick because we're going into week 15. And boy, oh, boy, COVID is, is now COVID has been taking it. You know, COVID has affected sports still to this day with 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 uh, protocols and people getting tested and, and mandates and everything. But. Week 15 of the NFL will be highly affected by COVID. When you look at teams like Cleveland, you look at teams like Washington, you look at uh, teams in the league, there are people, there are teams that have 20 plus people on the COVID list like Cleveland. And that's where we'll start. So Cleveland plays tonight, actually, or today. And they have, you know, I think they're sitting at seven. Right now they're sitting at seven and six. They play the Raiders at 4 p.m., 4.30 p.m. This game is huge. This game is huge for a lot of reasons. Most, pretty much all for the, the, the Browns, but this game is huge for a lot of reasons. One, this has playoff implications. The NFC North still has to be won, still can be won by any team outside, you know, any team, honestly. Now, the Ravens, they are the number one team in the NFC North, but... I mean, I'm sorry, the AFC North, but it's 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 pretty close. And you you playing the Raiders is pretty much a gimme game. Those are the games where you're supposed to win those games. Uh, either the team's just not good, they're going through a lot, you have the better roster, you're supposed to win those games. The problem is, though, the Browns have 20-plus people on the COVID list, and, and important people. Like quarterback Baker Mayfield, backup quarterback Case Keenum. Uh, I think Jarvis Landry might be on it. There, so the NFL then comes out and pretty much says they're they're tweaking their mandate or they're tweaking their protocols as far as I guess they weren't really testing people or testing people as much that had the vaccine. But as we're seeing, you know, Omicron I believe is called the the new variant of the the coronavirus and 
players just getting taken out left and right. This is like we need to we need to start testing everybody. The problem is the NFL has already come out and said they're not trying to reschedule games. It doesn't, you know, if I understand that quote unquote it's it's a competitive advantage seeing as though most of the players on on Cleveland can't really play due to COVID, but the NFL has already come out and said that they're not really trying and they have had no talks in uh, moving games, especially this late in the season. I mean, they added a week, you know, week 17 week, or week 18, week 17, because, you know, people were able to come in and if they had to move some schedule around or move the schedule around due to COVID that, you know, they'll have an extra week to work with. But when it's week 15, that's going to be kind of hard to do. And, you know, Baker Mayfield came out and said stuff. People, you know, on, on a lot of sports networks have said something. And I understand both sides. Both si- I understand both sides as far as why the NFL has not or will not reschedule games and why players are upset. First and foremost, the, again, the, the Browns, they can't, they can't afford to lose this game. And when you're bringing Nick Mullen, who was a third-string quarterback, come on now. Now, and I mean, Darren Waller's out for the – I mean, the Raiders, it still ain't no gimme. The Raiders aren't really good this year. But you can't really afford to lose these games, and you're pretty much going – in fact, it's you're going at, like, less than full strength. In fact, a lot less than full strength. So I understand that. And I also stand – this is a money thing. This is a money thing. The league cannot it could have the league is not trying to lose money rescheduling these games. So and I'm not I'm not caping for the league. I'm just saying that's just is what it is. I think Rob Mankovich, I think his name is, I think he said it uh on ESPN. It's it, it's it's a money thing. It's a money thing. So anybody I mean <laughs> it's a money thing. So I if I were the NFL, I mean it's like you're towing the line here, man. It's like either you're going to play these games and you remember last year, last season when it was the Steelers and Ravens, how they their came their game kept getting canceled cuz the Ravens were just getting swamped by COVID and they end up playing like on a Wednesday morning or Wednesday afternoon or something. The game I think that was supposed to be on uh Thanksgiving, I think. Like and how I think RG3 had to start that game. Like how bad of a product was was put on the on the field. That hurts more than rescheduling a game uh and and coming back when even though players expected to be uh but but again, I understand. it's it's tough, man. It's really tough cuz again, it's you want the best you want to put the best product out in the field. I mean, when the product is not good or or tainted or diluted or or people are out, you know, important people out, you're going to lose money. You're going to lose fans, but you're going to lose more money. And, and I don't see how you reschedule seeing as though we're in week 15. It was it'd be different if both if one at least one of the teams didn't have a bye week yet. This is week 15. So it's tough. It's tough, man. It's tough. But. That's what it is. And and same for Washington. Washington is the last uh not only is Washington the last team or the last wild card team, at least as we speak, in 
the NFC, but they're going against the NFC rival, which is the Eagles. So, and when you have uh, Ky, uh, what's his name, uh, Tyler Heineke, when Tyler or Taylor Heineke, I'm sorry, when Taylor Heineke's out, when uh, Kyle Kyle Allen's out, like you, <laughs> it's tough. So I get it, man. It's it's and it's not just the NFL, NBA. I mean, Russell Westbrook just went into protocol. Uh, James Harden's in protocol. In fact, the Nets just had to play with like eight people because everyone like they didn't have anybody else available either due to injury or uh, we're in safety protocol. So it's all I'm saying, man, is just be safe. Just be safe. Be careful. Um, I understand it's tough, especially for athletes when, when when you're in a contact sport or when you're playing against people and you don't or when you're around people and you don't know what they're doing on their free time. Or you you can't see the virus that is COVID until somebody has it. Uh, you know, I just I, I just want you, want everyone to be safe. You know, remain social distant. Um, stay maxed up. Just be safe, man. Just be safe. Because trust and believe. If no week told you or showed you that COVID is still here, hopefully it was this week. When you hell, the NHL is canceling. The, it's canceling games so canceling and rescheduling and i think that they the blackhawks i believe or one of the teams in the nhl just came out and said that they're going to go back to 50 percent capacity as far as fans and i think there was one team that had maybe two days ago that played with no fans because of how the virus is spreading and a lot of people you know the, one of the biggest fears for for you know health people is the 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 holidays you have people coming in you have family get together i mean we just had thanksgiving you know what i'm saying so it's it's it, just be safe be careful i you know it, it's it's tough and and it's starting to look eerily similar the only difference the difference between now and of course the beginning is that there was I think the reason why, in fact, one of the biggest reasons why I know they're not uh, rescheduling these games and canceling these games as far as the NBA and hell, the Bulls are in complete lockdown. Uh, their their games are getting postponed. But like for the NFL, the reason why those games aren't really being canceled like that is because in the beginning of the pandemic, there was no vaccine. So it's like you really had no chance, choice. A lot of these, I mean, now you actually have the option of a vaccine and whether you take it or not, it's up to you. But, you know, you get what you get. So and I'm not saying that to say, like, it is what it is. If you get it, I don't want anyone to get the virus. So I just hope everyone stays safe. And again, if there was any week to show you that the, the pandemic is still roaring, it is this week. So but let's move forward. So on Thursday, not only did we see a, a very important game in the AFC, but we saw a great game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the L.A. Chargers. I said last last week that the league is going to look drastically different in probably three to four years. You know, we don't know the status of Aaron Rodgers, even though he's playing at a high level. We don't know how long he's going to last. Um, Tom Brady, you know, the, the GOAT. We don't know how long he's going to last. A lot of these legends, a lot of these vets – a lot of these players that we've known for the longest may be on different teams, may not be here, but the league is going to look a lot different as far as who's at the top of the league. And I think that two quarterbacks that we saw on Thanksgiving, I mean, not Thanksgiving, on Thursday, which is Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert in, in the L.A. Chargers are going to be 
at the top of this list, man. And it was a great game. You see, this game meant the reason why one of the reasons why this was a big game because it meant a lot to 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 both teams. One, the Chargers, they're pretty much fighting for a playoff spot right now. Uh, and that's how competitive the AFC is. They're eight and six at this point after the loss, but they're eight and six and they're fighting they're they're still fighting for a playoff spot. Uh Kansas City Chiefs, we buried them in the beginning. And rightfully so. They were struggling. I mean, Patrick Mahomes didn't look good. The defense was god awful. It just didn't look good at all. And it people were killing them and rightfully so, but they have turned the ship. I think they won like seven straight and or like maybe eight straight. And they they, you know, they're looking good. And this is the last team. Like, there's something to be said about if you look at the the playoffs and you look at the Super Bowl champ the recent Super Bowl champions, every single one of them were surging before the playoffs. Now, not saying that they they won their last game before they got to the playoffs, but most of them were red hot going to the playoffs. And I'm not saying that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl, but what I am saying is they are the last team, at least at this point, that you want to play in or you know in the playoffs because they're looking like the Chiefs of old now no they're not as explosive as they have been the last few years and they are still dealing with players I think Chris Jones was on Chris Jones and and Melvin Ingram look incredible together but I think Chris Jones is in the, the the safety protocol so he did not play on Thursday I don't believe but it's the the last team that you want to face right now are the Kansas City Chiefs because they're rolling. Patrick Mahomes look good. Travis Kelsey had a career night. Uh, Travis Kelsey, what he he ten receptions for one hundred and ninety one yards, two touchdowns. Tyreek Hill twelve receptions for one hundred and forty eight yards and a touchdown. Like this is those are starting to look like the numbers that we're accustomed to seeing when we talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, uh, thirty one for forty seven, four hundred and ten yards through. He's, I mean, he did have an interception uh, in the game, but he had three touchdowns. Like it's, it's, it's the Chiefs are st- the Chiefs are, are are on a roll. The Chiefs are starting to look like the Chiefs are old, and that is that's that does not spell well for anybody, especially going into the playoffs. And the Chargers look good too. Don't get me wrong. The Chargers dealt with a bunch of injuries. Um, yeah. Uh, first of all, I hope that Donald Donald Perlman, you know, he went out with an injury. It looked bad. I hope that he's doing okay. I hope that he's recovering. They did say he was moving at the hospital, so um, it looked bad. But it, <sighs> Josh Allen looked good too, man. Josh Allen, twenty-two for thirty-eight, two hundred and thirty-six yards, two touchdowns, to one interception. They lost in overtime. It, you know, it was it was a good game. And it was a good game because both teams were playing for something. Both teams, this was important for both teams. If you're the Chiefs, you don't want to lose a game and then, you know, you don't want to lose a game and continue and drop in the in the, in the the playoff position because you're still, I mean, even though there's, they would have been, what, nine and five, they're, they'll still be fighting for a playoff spot. And they're 10 and four right now. And then for the Chargers, Again, you you're fighting for a playoff spot, so it, it's you know it's it's tough. I mean, at this point right now, if you look at the playoff picture, uh, the Chargers are the fifth team. 
the 15th out of seven. Now the Kansas City Chiefs rose. Now they're the you know number one in the AFC West and number one in the AFC. But you know it, it's it's tough. And 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 when you have and the, another thing is you're looking around the are you looking at the NFC and this is a huge game for both teams because if you look around the Colts the Colts have a tough game against the. Um, against the the Patriots who is number two in the AFC so the number six seed can can change um we know what's happening with the Ravens and all these injuries and we'll talk about it a little bit later but we don't know if Lamar Jackson is going to even play Tennessee Titans are kind of kind of you know not looking good so this this is that was an important game and they, they both they both delivered man I think that I know the Kansas City Chiefs is not a team that you really want to see in the playoffs, any team. And honestly, the Chargers aren't either just because of how good Keenan Allen, I mean, not Keenan Allen, how good uh, Justin Herbert's playing. And the the final score on Thursday was 34 to 28. They went to overtime. Again, Travis Kelsey had two incredible catch and run for a touchdown uh, scores. It was, it was a good game. It was a really good game. And, um, you know, it – it was a good game. It was a good game. So, uh, let's move on and talk about probably uh, the story that got the, the most traction this week. And that was Urban Myers uh, getting fired. You know, I think Marcus Spears said it best. Now, this isn't his original tweet, of course, or original statement. But Marcus, Marcus Spears said it this week. When somebody really shows, like, when somebody shows you who they are, you have to believe them. Urban, every, first and foremost, what, pe- what a lot of people, what a lot of coaches don't understand. In fact, a lot of coaches find success in one place or, or, or another. Meaning, a lot of coaches either find success in, in the NFL or find success in college. Very rarely do you see it in both. Can it happen? Yes. Has it happened? Yes. I'm not saying that it's impossible. What I'm saying is it is very rare to find a very successful coach in the NFL, and they're also, they also were or are successful in college because it's a different mindset approaching both of these places. It's a different mindset approaching college and how you speak to the athletes, how you recruit, how you, how you coach. You, there's a lot of things that you can't do in college that you can do in the NFL. Vice versa, there's a lot of things that you can do in the NFL that you just can't do in college. And a lot of coaches don't understand that. A lot of coaches don't understand, or I'm not going to say don't understand. A lot of coaches underestimate the fact that just because you have success in one spot or one area or one field doesn't mean that 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 success is going to carry over to the next. Also... And I say this before, I said this before and I will say it again. There is a way to talk to people. There is a way to conduct yourself. There is a way to 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 coach. And some people think just because they've won in certain areas or just because they've won in one field means that they can just be for lack of a better term, excuse my language, they can just be an asshole to everyone. You see Urban Myers is a perfect example of if somebody shows you who they are, believe them. 
Look at every place he's been and how it's ended outside the whole health scares. Look at all the in Florida. I think they said Florida, he had the most penalized team like ever. I think like so many people were arrested under his coaching tutelage. Or we go to Ohio State. We know about Ohio State and, and, and Ezekiel Elliott and other things. Like, if somebody shows you who you are, prove it. I mean, you sh- we had to know. Now, I think I don't think it's surprising to anybody that Urban Myers was fired. Was fired. I said he was going to get fired. I, I thought he was going to get fired at the end of the season because it's week 15. They're not playing for anything. There's two weeks left. I thought he was going to – I knew he was going to get fired. You can, you can go back and listen to the last episode. I knew he was going to get fired. I just didn't know – I didn't think he was going to get fired this soon. Also, and when I say this soon, I meant this week. I thought I was going to get probably the end, you know, end of the season. I also didn't think that Urban Meyer's firing was going to come at like 12 o'clock midnight. You see – the writing was on the wall day one. When you hire an assistant coach who has a history and a background of 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 being racist. And then a lot of people talk about the the whole Ohio bar thing, the chop house I believe it's called, you know, the the where his hands were and the and the girl, you know, Put doing you know dancing on his lap. A lot of people want to talk about that, and and rightfully so. It's a bad look. But a lot of not not enough people are talking about the fact that he did not go home on the team plane after a loss. By the way, coaches don't do that. And then we know about you know the whole reporters coming out saying you know uh, information being leaked and he coming on the thing saying. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna fire the rat who's leaking information. You don't say that as a coach, bro. Or the fact that after the whole Ohio incident, he didn't even want to address his team or the media. You see, because people are successful in one area, they think that they are above a lot of people. And, it, and and people can say, oh, no, that's not true. But you can really see about how they treat people. And then he just, what, this the firing pretty much came a day after a former kicker talking about, you know, he, he kicked him. He kicked a kicker in practice. Oh, and he benched, uh, what, James Robinson? After one fumble in his career, he, he it's. I think that I, I think because Urban Myers is so was so successful and is so successful in college or was so successful, I'm sorry, in college, that I think that there's always going to be an opening for him in college. I think that there's going to be it's if he wanted to. Now he can he can say you know health problems and everything, but um, I think that there's always going to be a position and an opening for him in college. I mean, he won in Florida, he won in Ohio State, he's Urban Meyer. But I do think that this has permanently uh, affected his um, job status for the NFL. I don't think after he, Urban Myers has demonstrated 
ex- at every turn how not to be a head coach in the NFL. Or what not to do, how not to conduct yourself as a head coach in the NFL. And I think, again, there's ways that you can talk to players that's in college that are on scholarship or fighting for a scholarship that you recruited or your team recruited. There's a way that you can speak to them because they're younger. You're, you're making more money than them. Now, the whole NIL thing has, has changed a little bit, but you're making more money than them. They're looking to you to get them to the next level, as in the NFL. There's a way that you can talk to them, and they're, they're just going to let it go. Oh, it's coach being coach. When you're, when you're dealing with people that, one, make more money than you, that, that ish ain't going to fly, bro. There ain't no way that you're talking to, to, to Aaron Donald the same way that you're talking to a, a freshman in, in college. There's no way that you're talking to Devontae Adams the same way that you're talking to a sophomore in college. There's no way you're talking to Aaron Rodgers the way that you're talking to a sophomore in college. This is not going to happen. No. Urban Myers, I'm not going to call him a terrible person because I don't know the dude. But it has it, the record is there. It has shown that every single place he's been to has has had incidents that aren't too favorable in his liking. Every single place. Every single place. Also, in college winning, well, everywhere. It's not just college because I'm not going to hold you. Winning everywhere masks a lot of off-the-field issues. We talk about this a lot when we talk about players. Uh, one of the, you know, a big one is, is, is Antonio Brown. A lot of people were willing to continue to give him second chances, and people have, I mean, he's with the Bucks now. He continued to get second chances because of how productive he was and is on the field. Terrell Owens, now he didn't have any, you know, off the field incidents, but he, a lot of, it was pretty much legendary that he was a headache in the locker room. But because he was so talented, he continued to get shots. And he, I mean, he he was he was great on the field. Don't get me wrong. Winning masks a lot, a lot, a lot of front offices, a lot of a lot of GMs, a lot of owners will look the other way if you can if you're winning. The problem with Urban Myers is he wasn't winning. You see, a lot of this was happening. I'm sure a lot of this was happening. I mean, you think that this is the first time that Urban Myers pretty much second-guessed and, 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 and berated his coaching staff, talking about which one of y'all, how many of y'all are winners? Show me on your resume where you're a winner. You think that that's the first time he's ever done that? I doubt it. I'm almost sure that's the first time he's done that with a losing record. So, of course, it gets amplified a lot more. And I'm not saying that to say that it's right or, you know, people are taken out of context. I'm saying that it's wrong regardless. I mean, hell, you hired this coaching staff. So how do you hire this coaching staff yet you're berating them? Or challenging their, uh, I guess, knowledge or, or whatever. You think that's the first time he did that? No. 
I promise you, that's the first time he did that with a losing record. Again, all this stuff can fly when, well, people will let this stuff fly if you're winning. Hell, look at, look at, um, you think the, the, you think, You think the New England Patriots would tolerate all this stuff that Bill Belichick comes with, you know, the grouchiness and and stuff, if he wasn't a good coach? Or if he didn't have all the all the Super Bowls on Super Bowl rings on his fingers or if he wasn't winning? You think that the 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 Patriots would tolerate all that? You think that the Alabama would tolerate all this Nick Saban stuff if he wasn't such a good coach? And all the disgruntled and 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 <laughs> mean grandpa comments that he'd be giving to the media. You think that they take that if he wasn't winning and he wasn't probably the greatest college football coach ever? You think that the Spurs would take all this, you know, grumpy stuff that they get from uh Greg Popovich if he wasn't arguably the greatest basketball coach ever? What do all of them have in common outside of Urban Meyer? They're winners or they're on winning franchises. Urban Meyer already stepped into a poor situation because you're stepping in. Well, I will say this. You're stepping into a poor situation because the Jaguars have no history of, of, of being good. It is a good situation because you have Trevor Lawrence, but you didn't even develop Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence has looked as bad in week 15, week 14 than he than he did in week one. It is bad enough when you draft a, a running back in the first round and you're trying to use him as a wide receiver. And he's never played wide receiver ever. Look, man, I'm not here to bash on Urban. But what I will say that the writing was on the wall day one. Day one, getting the job and you hire a racist dude or a guy that has a history of racial profiling, two players in his program. It's, you know. And again, because of the success that Urban Myers is, uh, Urban Meyer has had in college, I uh, there's no doubt in my mind if he wanted to coach again in college, he could. That tyrant mentality can work in college because you're having kids that's depending on you and and kids are trying to do anything to get in the NFL. But that's not going to work. It's not always going to work against people in the NFL, especially when it's not producing wins. So, again, the writing was on the wall. So. And again, and again, I think that, like I said, he he can get a job again in college, but I think that his chances of getting an NFL job or at least a head coaching job is done. And honestly, Urban Meyer doesn't seem like the type of person that would want to take assistant coach job. So I think that his days in the NFL are done. Again, he he put on a clinic of how not to do the job. A clinic from day one, like from the start, 
how not to do the job. And, um, you know, now he's out. So Let's move forward. So week 15 is here, and I'm going to give my predictions on, on the games. Uh, COVID played, like I said before in the opening uh, opening statement, COVID is playing a huge part in, you know, this this week. So we have two Saturday games. Uh, the first one is the Raiders at Browns. We just talked about COVID is running, wreaking havoc with the Browns. The Browns do need this win. I will give you that. The Browns need this win, and there are some key players on the defense that are still playing, like Miles Garrett. Um, however, the the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders. When you're when you hear that you're playing a team that's on their third string quarterback, that's supposed to be open season for you. Like you're supposed to go and. Even though um, the Raiders are still in the in the bubble too, on the hunt, so I have the Raiders winning that just because of all the COVID stuff that's happening with the Browns. Not to mention you have Nick Mullen is is starting. Like, if the Raiders can't beat Nick Mullen and the depleted Browns, there's no hope for them, like at all. So I have the Raiders winning that one, even though it is at Cleveland. I have the Raiders winning that one. Patriots at Colts. I have the Colts. I know Patriots are red hot right now, um, but so are the Colts. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is is still running wild. Carson Wentz, we haven't talked about Carson Wentz in a while, and that is a good thing. That means he's doing something right. Uh, if Carson Wentz is, if we're really talking about Carson Wentz a lot, usually he's doing something poor. Uh, and I think that the Colts are playing are, are are really well. They're they're playing really good defense. Their defense has been incredible the last few weeks. They're they're pretty good. They're playing good. Uh, and they almost, and they should have beat the Bucks, but they're playing well. So I had, and, and I know the Patriots. You know they're they're on a road too. They're second in the AFC. However, I think that the way to beat the Patriots is make Mac Jones throw the ball. I mean, make him throw the ball. Not saying that he can't throw, but the Raider, the the Patriots' run game and defense is their huge strong points and their huge weak points. Is Mac Jones not saying Mac Jones is terrible, but Mac Jones is their you know is not the strength of their team right now. So I think the Colts defense is going to have to make the Patriots beat them in the air. And I think that if they can do that, the I got the Colts winning this one. Sunday I have uh you have Cowboys at Giants. I have the Cowboys. Uh, even though Dak Prescott has not been playing well. The 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 Giants suck. The Giants are horrible, and I got Dallas. Tennessee at Jaguars. I have Tennessee. I think this has been a very tumultuous week for the Jaguars, and Tennessee to me is just better. Even though they're both two and eleven, Tennessee is is better. And and <laughs> I, I mean, it's pretty much picking. <laughs> Which enemy do you like the do you like the least or like the most? Like I don't I don't know. They're not I'm not saying they're my enemy, but they're both bad teams. But I have the Texans. Titans at Steelers. I have the Titans. Uh, even though the Steelers are at home, it's hard for me to trust the Steelers. Uh there's a lot of games where they come out and they come out lethargic and then at the end they try to pick it up. Same thing that happened against the Vikings. I- <laughs> I don't trust Big Ben at this moment. I don't trust Big Ben. I don't trust Claypool. I don't trust the offensive line. I don't trust a lot with 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 the Steelers. 
Um, and I think the Titans kind of need – well, the Steelers need this game more as far as getting in the playoffs. But I think the Titans are playing better right now, even though they're not – they're both not playing great. Uh, I got the Titans. I just don't – I still don't trust the Steelers. So, just at Dolphins. I got the Dolphins. I mean, just just won three games, and Dolphins won six. And the Dolphins are actually playing a lot better right now. Uh, Two was playing well. The defense is looking like it was last year. I got the Dolphins. Washington at Eagles. I got the Eagles. I mean, Washington, Tyler he- Taylor Heineke's out. Kyle Allen's out. And they have like 20-something people on COVID as well, just like Cleveland. So it would be hi- hypocritical of me to – Say Cleveland really has no shot of winning. I'm not going to say has no shot, but Cleveland's not going to win. And even though the Washington is playing the Eagles, which is, you know, lesser of the teams between them and the Raiders, but I – no. Washington is too depleted. Not to mention, even without COVID, they're they're depleted on both sides of the ball. So I have – which is big, too, because, I mean, Washington needs – Needs to win, but I have uh, the Eagles winning that. Cardinals at Lions. Okay. <laughs> Cardinals. Uh, Panthers at Bills. I have the Bills. Um, I do think that the Panthers at this point are trying to play spoiler. Uh, their offense, I think last week, you know, they did bench Cam Newton again, but I think it was kind of an early bench. I think he could have – it was just one interception, but <laughs> – I mean, I have the Bills. I don't really trust the Panthers. I think the Panthers are kind of uh, – they're in flux right now is, that, is exactly what they want to do. So, I have the Bills. Bengals at Broncos. I have the Bengals. The Broncos, don't let it fool you. Last week was a very emotional week, especially with uh, the news with Demarius Thomas. But you, you, <laughs> now you're com- now you got a young you got a young gun coming in, in Joe Burrow, and you got a young team coming – yeah, let's not let it fool you, bro. It's it's the Bengals. Falcons at 49ers. I have the 49ers. The 49ers need this game a lot more than the Falcons, and the 49ers are better than the Falcons, even though the 49ers have, uh, you know, they have they have underachieved this year. Uh, I, still, I still have the 49ers. I mean, they're still better than the Falcons. Uh, Seahawks at Rams. The Rams, the Rams showed me a lot against the the Cardinals, and I think the Rams are starting to pick it up and and play better. Not to mention the Seahawks are kind of decimated too. I mean, Tyler Lockett's out with COVID or in safety protocol as well as Collins. And I think that's huge because that's the Seahawks number one. Even though they have DK Metcalf, that's the Seahawks number one receiver in Tyler Lockett. So I have the Rams winning that one. Green Bay at Ravens. This game would be a lot better if Lamar Jackson may or may not play. We still don't know. Uh, And I think that this team, the Ravens are just too, I mean, Lamar Jackson hasn't practiced all week. The Ravens are just too decimated at this point. And you're going against the number one team in the NFC. That is the Packers. Uh, A healthy Aaron Rodgers, a possibly unhealthy Lamar Jackson. I'm going to go with the Packers every time. Saints at Bucks. I got the Bucks. I mean, I don't it's the Saints. The Saints are just they do have Alvin Kamara and I do think Alvin Kamara is going to have a big day, but it's the Bucks. And uh Monday Night Football Vikings at Bears. I got the Vikings. I just think I trust Kirk Cousins at this point of his career more than I trust Justin Fields. 
Um, even though they're, you know, Justin Fields ain't no slouch, but, you know, and we know about the turbulence that the Bears have had this year. Uh, I got the Vikings winning that. So those are my predictions. What do you guys think? Uh, there's a game happening this afternoon at 430. So what do you guys think? Uh, who do you, who is your team playing and who is your team? You know, do you, what, what, what game do you think is going to be the best game? So just let me know. Let's move forward. So we're at a we're at a, a weird time. Not weird. We're not weird. We're we're at a unique time. A unique time in the NBA. Usually, we talk. I mean, we're at the we're at MVP talk. We're pretty much almost halfway, almost halfway, uh, halfway into the season, and of course now MVP talk is coming and. There are a lot of players that can be considered MVPs, whether we're talking about LeBron James, whether we're talking about um, Jimmy Butler has been up there. Uh, there's a lot of people that can be MVPs and, and, and they've been they've been playing really well. And this is this is the first year that there is a clear cut number one MVP at this point. Yet. <laughs> And Rob Lowe, or no, Zach Lowe said it best. Yet, they're, he's not on many people's radar, and that's Nicole Jokic. Now, I love me some Steph Curry. I love me some Kevin Durant. I think those, those you know, they're fighting for MVP as well. I think, you know, between Jokic, Durant, and, and, and Steph, that's one, two, and three. Not in that order, but... I do think that Nikola Jokic, at least if you look at the numbers, you look at the impact, you look at the people that he's playing with, because there's a lot of, I mean, Michael Porter Jr.'s out, Jamal Murray's still out. He's not playing with much, yet he's still putting up, I think like 20, I think he's averaging like 26 and 14, with like the highest PER in like league history at this point. Now, I understand basketball is a flashy game. I get that. I understand that Steph Curry is a puts on a beautiful game. Like, and not to mention he just broke the three-point record. So shouts out to him again. I understand that Kevin Durant is going crazy. I think he's averaging like 33 or 34 points the last eight games, eight or nine games. Kevin Durant is a monster. He just had a 51 point game, I think, last week. That man is that that that's that's <laughs> mama, there goes that man. But I don't know if it's because the league's not trying to do another foreign or, the, yeah, the league's not really trying to do another foreign back-to-back MVP, which they did with Giannis, or if there was so much flack that they got last year for having Nikola Jokic as the MVP um, that they're just not trying to do that again. But even if he doesn't win, I do think Nikola Jokic needs to be at least what, what I'm hearing. What, what they're trying to paint this as is this is a two-person race, and it's not. This is a clear-cut number one at this point, which is Nikola Jokic and two people, and Kevin Durant and Steph Curry that's trying to get to number one. They're pretty much fighting for second right now. Am I saying that Nikola Jokic will win the MVP? No. Am I saying that? Nikola Jokic can be playing this great, and Steph Curry or, or or Kevin Durant can catch him. They could, they could. But in my opinion, the the league MVP is kind of 
<laughs> it's kind of funny when a lot of people are saying it's a two-man race when it's really not. It's Nikola Jokic. I'm not saying like in, in totality he's the best player, but he has been playing the best this year. It's just I don't know. A lot of people don't watch Nuggets games. Uh, I mean, it is kind of wa- hard watching Denver, especially on the East Coast. You know, their games usually start at 1030 over here. But I don't know if not a lot of people are interested, but Nicole Jokic is doing more with less. And I understand that's tough to say when you see Kevin Durant and James Harden's now out with safety protocol. Kyrie Irving, we don't know about his future in, in Brooklyn. Steph Curry, even though what they're the number one or two seed in the in the West and Clay Thompson and James Wiseman hasn't played. But Nikola Jokic has been hooping. And I think that it is a three-man race. And honestly, if you ask me right now, Nikola Jokic should win MVP. I don't think he will because I think that's when popularity kind of sets in, which isn't right. But I, I just, at least at this point. Now, things can happen towards the end of the season. But I do think at this point I would give it to Nikola Jokic. Because he, I mean, the numbers that he's putting up is crazy. Do I think Nikola Jokic in totality is better than Steph? No. Is he, do I think he's better than KD? No. Do I think he's better than a lot of people? No. But do I think that he's played the best this year? Yes. Hands down. And for that, I would give him MVP. So, Moving forward. And lastly, I want to shout out, or I want to shout out Travis uh, Hunter. He's the number one or number two, I'm sorry, number two overall player in the nation. And he picked an HBCU. First time this has ever happened. I think first time an HBCU has ever gotten like a five-star athlete or or, or a five-star athlete has picked the HBCU over a, a, a Power Five conference. Uh, Jacksonville State, that is, of course, coached by Deion Sanders. That is... He, they were able to get him over like Georgia and Florida State. Here's the thing, and I've said this before. It's not what I think it is, and, and I think because athletes, at at least at this point, uh, in 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 society and technology, athletes have their own platform. A lot of athletes coming to college more famous in the college. I mean, look at Mikey Williams. Look at Mikey. Mikey, he's sensational. It doesn't really matter where he goes. He will be more than likely bigger than the university because that's just how Mikey is. Uh, We know uh, Chet Holcomb in in Gonzaga. We know the following that he had going into college, Imani Bates. Players these days, because of the, 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 the boom, of course, of social media, They don't really need college for exposure anymore. And I'm not saying that to down any school. What I'm saying that is, what I'm saying is the biggest reason, in my opinion, that a lot of kids or a lot of athletes, a lot of students choose power five schools or or PWIs over HBCUs because of resources. Hell, you just heard. Master P took his son out of HBCU because of the resources. It didn't have the resources that could hold or that that was adequate enough to keep to 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 keep his son pretty much. And it's not just it's not just a Master P being picky thing, but I went to an HBCU. 
now, granted, it was a smaller HBCU than like the uh, North Carolina A and T or Howard or or Florida A and M. But I went to an HBCU, and there's a lot of things that a lot of HBCU students experience that PWIs don't, and that's due to lack of funding. I mean, medical, medical. Like there's there's a lot of HBCU. There's some HBCU. There's some HBCU pro basketball sport programs that don't have athletic trainers. There's some H, there's a lot of HBCUs that don't have adequate locker rooms, that don't have working showers in the locker rooms, that don't have adequate dorms because they can't afford it. It's it's just you know they don't have the proper funding for it. And when you're trying to attract a five-star athlete that's already that that is is one of the highly touted touted athletes. It's going to be hard when you have a school like Clemson, like Alabama, and you see the videos of their just their locker room. Kids weren't making no money, but their locker room was state of the art. Their 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 facilities are state of the art. Yet your your HBCUs are pretty much you know, trying to scrape for pennies. And I'm not saying that to say like, I'm not saying that to disrespect HBCUs. I love going to HBCU. I'm saying that to say we need to find more funding for HBCUs. So more people like Travis Hunter will more top five and, and top of the nation athletes will go to the HBCUs. I love what Travis Hunter did. Not only did Travis Hunter bet on himself, but he bet, he bet his future on uh, HB on an HBCU program and a black coach in Deion Sanders. We know about the success that Jacksonville State's having, but he, a lot of athletes are. I mean, he's the first one. Until HBCUs get more funding, and that's not only HBCUs; that's whoever's giving the funding out. But until they're able to house and hold, because there's a lot that comes with five-star athletes. I talked about this before. When I think McCurr um, McCurr went chose uh, Howard, I think it was, and I said, "Yo, the reason why this has this doesn't happen a lot is because imagine Zion Williamson going to Howard University." We know the fanfare and the hysteria that came with Zion Williamson. I mean, he set Duke, the University of Duke, to blaze. Like he was, he was just all that in the bag. Now he he was with R.J. Barrett and and Cam Reddish, but it was it was the Zion show. Imagine that at H- at, at Howard, the same Howard that's dealing with that just got over, I believe, dealing with. Students not having adequate dorms, places to stay, having to stay in tents. Imagine that same school housing Zion Williamson. And the thing is, Howard, it, it happens everywhere, or not every, but it happens at major, a lot of HBCUs because they can't afford. They don't. They don't have adequate funding they don't have the same funding that a lot of pwis have and because of that athletes look at that and say i'm not i'm not going bro so i commend travis hunter i think that 
people like Travis Hunter, people like I think his name McCurr McCurr are trendsetters. I think that there's going to be more people with the growth of HBCU or the popular let me say the growth of the popularity of HBCUs. Uh, it only takes one man. This is the nation's I think number uh, number two overall player, number one cornerback I believe, going to an HBCU. It only takes one, and I, I'm sure more you know more people are gonna are going to follow suit. So I, I love what he did, man. Shouts out to Travis Hunter, man. Shouts out to him, and shouts out to every athlete, whether you're five star, two star, one star, three star. Every athlete that tr- puts their faith in the HBCU and bets on themselves. I commend y'all, man. I really do. And there you have it, man. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate y'all. If you want an Unpopular Podcast shirt, long sleeve, hoodie, sweater, joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. I will say it's getting cold out there because it's definitely cold out there. But I don't know, man. The weather is kind of getting infrequent. So get yourself a shirt and get yourself a hoodie or a sweater. Hey, man. Both best of both worlds, man. The link is in the description. Also, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. Uh, and until next time, much love. Warm it up, crank the 
Yeah, we started it up, but I didn't do too much work. Yeah. 